I am thrilled to announce that An Actor Despairs is partnering with a wonderful CBD company called Kind Farms. Everyone out there has heard of CBD. I started taking it a few years ago when I first started getting sober and to help with my anxiety. Sadly, as one can do, I was overtraining in the gym and a friend recommended a topical and a tincture to help with the pain. I tried it. It was okay. However, recently, I was introduced to a product that has really changed my life. Not only has it helped me with anxiety, but I am stronger than I have ever been. I'm able to carry out lifts my body used to prevent me from doing. Kind Farm products have single-handedly changed my life athletically and personally. They utilize 100% local licensed farmers, organic cultivation, and CO2 extraction for superior CBD. Kind Farms is turning CBD to a kind alternative to pharmaceuticals. Let's transform tobacco row into hemp row. If you want to get involved, please reach out. Together, we can make a difference. You can use my code RYAN10 for 10% off. You can find them on Instagram at Kind Farms Inc., all one word. That's K I N D P H A R M S I N C. And their website is kindfarmsinc.com. Once again, my code for 10% off is Ryan10. And now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today on An Actor Despairs, we have an awesome episode with Sarah Tomko. She's got a new hit show called Resident Alien on Sci-Fi, but you've seen her in other things like Once Upon a Time and Sneaky Pete. She's so cool because she talks about the L.A. grind, and she made it happen out there, and that's nothing short of a coup. Sarah, I got so much love for you. Here it is. Sarah Tomko, welcome to An Actor Despairs. How are you doing? Oh, I'm so good, and I'm so happy to be here. Thanks, Ryan. Oh, it means so much. I'm, I'm a big fan of, of your show. And then also, I didn't tell you this before we started recording, I word on the streets you're from Virginia. Is that true? I am. I'm from you know Richmond. Me? Come on. Get yeah. out of here, Ryan. Yeah. I'm from Manassas. No oh, way. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah. Civil War territory. Oh my gosh. I went to middle school, high school, and college all in Virginia. I went to James Madison. Oh, you went to JMU. You went to Harrisburg. Look at you. Big party school. Uh, Well, actually, it's not as much of a party school as some others, but it's kind of like middle of the road. We've got- Yeah, I guess Virginia Tech's there if you really want to party. We got peaks, you know? We got them all, for sure. That's so cool. Well, I, I, I think, honestly- you're the first guest out of 135 that's from Virginia. So this is a first. Wow. You know what? Hometowns are always good for a good podcast. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but I'm a big fan. You know, I've I, I, I watched you in like Once Upon a Time, The Leftovers, uh, The Sun, and now you got the new show, Resident Alien, dominating the sci-fi network. Yeah. Thank you. Um, thank you for... Uh, having watched up until now, there's a lot of people that are just now starting to get to know me. And I always think it's really fun as an actor. Uh, you know, when I really like kind of uh, start watching someone and really like them, I go back and look at their IMDb and see what they've done. And I'm always fascinated with how long they've been in the business. And Isn't it amazing? Many- 
Yeah, they pop up. You know, usually it's something like they were on an episode of Law and Order or they were on a show that I had been watching and I just didn't recognize them. And then you see them in something you really like and then you go back and you're like, oh, wow, they were here and there. It just kind of goes to show that it is not an overnight process. And it it's, is, it's not it's not linear. You know, I had I had Rufus Sewell on the pro, on the show who I love and he he was he, you should listen to that. He talks so beautifully about how. You know, even him and, you know, I, I think of Rufus as a megastar, but how what a struggle it was and how it's a mistake to go on his IMDb and think that this led to this because it didn't. And there was like a gap here. And it was just so interesting hearing from his perspective, the yeah. the peaks and the valleys of, of how this whole thing goes. But how, talk to me. You know, let's start from the very beginning. You grew up in Manassas, Virginia, obviously. I did, which you know well. <laughs> yeah. What was uh, what was your childhood like? Are your parents artists? Uh, so my my parents are. Um, my dad was military. My mom's a teacher. She is a kindergarten teacher. Um, she's first grade teacher now, actually. Um, but uh, we moved around a lot when I was a kid. I have three brothers. Army. So we did a lot of. Um. Air Force. Air Force. There you <laughs> go. All right. I, Air Force. She said armed forces. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Air Force. Proud, proud Air Force family. Um, and we did a lot of moving around when I was younger. Every four years, we would live in a different place. So mo- mostly, all, all I all in Virginia, or, or did you go quite far? No, we did. Um, I was born in Ohio on the Air Force base. It's called Wright Patterson Air Force Base, and okay. then moved to New Mexico. And so I was on um, Holloman Air Force Base there. And then we moved to Virginia. Um, Actually, we moved back to Ohio for a couple of years. And I don't remember at that time where I think we were in Beaver Creek. Um, And then we moved to Virginia. And then Virginia was where my dad decided to retire as a lieutenant colonel. Oh. he just didn't, you know, when you, when you go from Lieutenant Colonel to Colonel, you have to move every two years and he had already moved us every four years. And it is really hard to pick up as a lot of military families. Yeah. Know. We, you know, my dad was really all about, you know, just keeping the family steady and wanting us to have um, an environment that we could be consistent in. So Virginia became what I really believe to be my hometown. Virginia, Manassas, where I grew up is just, you know, I had my first love, my first heartbreak. Yeah. I went to Mom, I had my first kiss, you know, all that, that good, those good gooey stories happened in Virginia. That's so rad. So that's so cool that your dad did that. You know, I, I respect that. I I respect anybody who continues on in their journey, but for sure. Yeah. You know, my, you know, because it's, it's a really, um, we, we've been so supported and so well taken care of um, by the Air Force. But um, my dad, I think, just got to a point where he he saw how that was affecting us. And he really wanted us to be able to have some stability because yeah. it's really hard to get that, you know. Um, and so he, he decided to retire. That was enough for him, which I thought was really um, I'm sure he has other reasons of retiring that yeah, I didn't know of course. about, but you know, he was ready, you know, so he got a job in Virginia and my mom, um, finished college the same year I did, which was so awesome. She went back to school and finished cause she got, um, pregnant really young when she was 18, 19, actually with my oldest brother, Trey. Um, and she had four kids by age 30. So wow. she hadn't, she hadn't, you know, uh, finished school. And so we ended up graduating the same time, which was so, so special. Um, and was that, did you bring your mom to like sorority parties or <laughs> no, I wasn't into the sorority thing? I was yeah. never, 
Or Me either. Know, yeah. But theater, theater is enough drama. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it totally but is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's enough like of the sorority style life because it's a completely different, you know how it is as a theater kid, you are constantly just showing. I mean, our parties are the best because you're showing up in different costumes with accents. I remember there was one party I went to in college where we all acted like we were in a twenties film and we would look at the camera and be like, he told me he wanted a drink. <laughs> that's totally an actor school i went you know, to nyu so you're, I, walking, I, yeah. you're like what are you doing we're all walking around just like being i mean if anybody showed up to these parties they would feel so like what are these they're aliens which is why it's so perfect i ended up on a sci-fi show yeah you're I, totally familiar yeah, with that <laughs> what yes. it feels like an alien. Um, so yeah, I mean, early days, I went to James Madison. I studied musical theater, theater and dance, mainly got really excited about experimental black box theater, which is really getting into um, kind of the nitty gritty, like very interesting, raw, vulnerable characters. And um, that was always my favorite. The ones that were the messiest were my absolute favorite to work on. Um, we used to do this thing uh, at JMU where in, they were called the Stratford Players and we had our own little black box theater and we would turn all the lights off and we would dance in the dark. But it was a way that we were trying to figure out who our character was and we would have the ability to yell if we wanted to. We could do whatever we wanted in the dark, obviously not harming anyone else, but like, you know, just exploring our bodies and exploring how we feel. And then we turn the lights back on and we start doing the work. And honestly, that has been a huge setup for how I love to approach my characters. I still, with my fiance, he's a director, filmmaker, we do this thing called impulse work where, where we turn the lights down low, we get the atmosphere really warm and soft and we you know, we just really kind of roll around and get into our bodies and get out of our heads. Yeah. And it's so lovely to come to a character with this kind of open heart, like no guard, no human doubt, fear, insecurity. And you have to get all that off of you. And some of the best ways to do that is movement, true, yeah. true physical movement, um, like literally shaking it off of you so that you can get into the life of this character. Um, so I've been doing that since college. And then I met my fiance who was doing that as well. And so we just, we had so many reasons we fell in love, but that was one of the big ones. We were like, you know what impulse work is? Oh my gosh, I, me too. This is what I like to That's do. That's amazing. I'm changing yeah. that to my Bumble line right now. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm curious. Work, yeah. Um, Before we even get to college, real quick, I'm just curious where the what what spiked the artist actor bug in you? Like, where did that come? Was there a moment? Was there a movie? Was there a play? Was there an experiment? Was there impulse work? You know, what yeah. what, what 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 ignited it? Yeah. Well, I'd say first and foremost. My oldest brothers, Trey and Ben, they were, we were all close in age by two years. So they loved playing sports. And I, you know, I was at a certain age when I was like maybe six where I wanted to play with them, but I was still too young to actually be able to play. And they were old enough that they were playing real baseball. Like they were really serious about it. And I just wanted to like, you know, play around. And so they were like, no, you can't play with us. So I would still involve myself by being the coach and the cheerleader and the band and the popcorn man. And I was doing all kinds of 
what I now realize is imaginary circumstance. Yeah, role playing. Yeah. Yeah, role playing. Um, so that I could always be involved. And I was doing that wherever I went. And, you know, it wasn't like I had that story of like, I always knew I was going to be an actress. It's just that I was always really playful, really imaginative. I thought really big about this big world and had big dreams. And then I watched the movie Labyrinth. Okay. Sarah, the Guillermo Guillermo del Toro's Labyrinth or? Uh, Oh, no, that's, well, Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, okay. Sorry. Labyrinth is a movie from the 80s with David Bowie as the Goblin King and Jennifer Connelly. Her name is Sarah in the in the movie. Um, she plays a character that is um, so tired of being babysitting her little brother. Okay. And she, she just wants to be on her own. And she's a dreamer. And she looked like me. She had long brown hair and her name was Sarah. And she she just wishes her brother to be gone because he's he's throwing a temper tantrum. And so this goblin king comes through the windows and it grants her wish and takes the baby from her. And wow. now she has this entire fantasy that, you know, you can decide, is it real or not real? Did it happen or not happen? That she goes in search of her baby brother, but really she's, she finds herself and she finds her power. Okay. Um, and it's really incredible fantasy film that I fell in love with when I was about age 11. Wow. And I just remember thinking after I watched it, I could do that. I didn't know what that was. I just knew that her name was Sarah. She had brown hair like me. We looked similar. And I just thought I could I could do that because I understood what she was doing. She was playing in this fantastical world and she was really like getting things done. And I thought, yeah, I could do that. And it wasn't until later that I realized she was an actress and that she had other roles that she played. Same thing happened with Edward Scissorhands. I loved Edward Scissorhands. I always thought it would be so cool to be Edward Scissorhands. And it didn't occur to me until later that it was played by an actor named Johnny Depp. I didn't understand. I just was so enveloped. In the characters. In the characters, in the world. And, you know, my family and I, we watched a lot of movies together. So that was a big part of our family bonding. My brothers and I are, are constantly quoting films all the time. Even when we go home to this day, we'll be quoting things, Three Amigos, you know, all kinds of Goonies, all kinds of really fun movies. Um, so I love that. It wasn't until high school when I, well, to be fair, in middle school, I, I tried out for the sports teams. I tried out for band. Nothing was working. And then my a uh, teacher suggested show choir because I was, I was busy. I was, a, I was somebody who was social. I was loud. I used my hands. So she yeah. was like, choir. <laughs> nice. Know? So I got involved in show choir and I, we are a musical family. I do sing. So I sang and I danced and I used my hands and it was perfect for me, which led eventually to musicals in high school. And it led eventually to, you know, plays, but those plays, I was always interested mostly in the characters that were the supporting roles, the ones that were really fun and weird and quirky and messy and vulnerable. So again, it's this beautiful full circle to be playing this role because she's not only messy and vulnerable, she's this really incredible supporting character to this, to this main character. Um, and it's, it's always been my favorite. I think that they have some of the best side stories, you know? Um, and right when I was supposed to start figuring out a major, I genuinely like, look, I'm raised by a military father. Like I, I, 
everything in my life is so full of love, but also discipline and practical. I thought I was going to get a job being like a businesswoman, you know, a CEO. Like I just, I really liked secretarial stuff and I just thought that would be really fun. But then I found out you could major in acting and I didn't, I was like, what? Because I'm looking through this book. I mean, Ryan, seriously, I'm looking through as a you book. Were, as you were choosing uh, yeah, schools? As, I, as I'm just choosing yet, like, you know, I was already deciding which schools I was going to apply. Okay. I didn't have, that's what I mean. It's so weird. I didn't, I, I knew that I was good at singing and dancing and acting. I knew that that was what I was best at. And I loved it. But I didn't know that that could be my job. I just thought one day, maybe I'd get an audition and I'd get a chance to do something like Jennifer Connelly and Labyrinth. But I didn't know what it meant. I I really didn't. I was just so, like, I was so naive to all that. And I just saw that you could major in theater and dance at James Madison University. And so I applied there and I applied to NYU and a couple other schools. But JMU was so amazing because everybody held the door open for everyone. There was this beautiful quad and it was like open and fresh and friendly. And then there was this amazing little theater on the side of the quad that just felt like our own little world. And once again, you know me, I love to play and I love to have my own little world over here on the side. It just felt like the perfect fit. And so I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to major in acting. We'll see what happens. And when, when I have to, when the time comes, I'll pick a practical job. Like that was truly, I was like, I'll figure it out for now. I'll just major in the thing I'm good at. And then later I'll pick a practical job. Yeah. It wasn't until, you know, I don't know, junior year that I really like clicked in. I played this role called the striker and uh, by a a playwright, Carol Churchill. It's an incredible, really playful, wonderful underworld. Like she's the shapeshifter and she can change who she is. And so it's very fun, very playful. At very JMU, dark. you did this play? At JMU. Yeah. Very dark. Um, and that was when I really, I had been doing a, a lot of really great roles, but that was when I really realized like, I don't, I don't think I ever want to do anything else but this. And then I had another role my senior year. I played Medea Redux, uh, this giant 13 page monologue in uh, a play called Bash. And I lost myself in that character. I I remember coming off of that show not remembering at all what happened yeah. because I was so in it. And I thought, oh my God, I don't ever want to do anything ever again. And that was the moment between Scriker wow. and Bash, those those roles, that was the moment I realized that I was never going to get a practical job. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I have to do this forever, forever, yeah. <laughs> we so, every actor needs that moment because you know yeah. it, I, I don't know how many of your classmates you keep up with but you know most you know at, at the end of the day even out of college if they go into end up at some point being like fuck this you know yeah. so that's that's so beautiful that that you had that moment and I'm curious you know did you tell your parents were they supportive of that you know that is definitely something I think that not everybody has in their life and I think it's a key ingredient to your success is having family and loved ones that support you, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, that they just 100% believe in you. And yeah. my, parents, my parents were those parents. They, they never once questioned every step of the way. I'd tell them I was doing some crazy character. I'd say some crazy line. 
I'd be doing this next. I'd be doing that. And they just, they would just look at me and they'd be like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like what, like whatever you want, we're here for you. And I, I, I have to say that that is a major ingredient to the recipe of my success. Is yeah. my, not only pushing me to be who I am, to be different, to be unique, but to be open and honest and like communicate about that and be, you know, bold and brave. They were not, they were not just supporters. They really, they showed up to every play I ever did. They were, they really cheered me on. And, you know, there were definitely times in the beginning of my career when I moved out to LA and I wasn't making a lot of money, which was for a long time. So you were in LA instead of New York. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All my, all my friends, um, all my friends at, at, that I graduated with, we all thought we're going to go to New York together. And yeah. I had majored in musical theater. Yeah, I was going to say experimental theater. That what what better place to yeah, be besides always, like Amsterdam? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I always thought that I would go do musicals on Broadway. I still have a dream. I still have a dream. To it's going it. to happen. Yeah, like one day, I really it's going to line up, and I am going to be truly my life will be complete because I will have finally combined my musical theater love with my experimental theater acting. And I'll finally get to do what I've always dreamed of doing. But when I, when I was graduating, um, I realized I love New York so much. I didn't want to fuck it up. I really didn't want to hate it. And I knew that there was so much that I needed to learn that I wasn't prepared to go to this city that I love and then eventually get it and get broken and yeah. not be there anymore. I wanted to go to New York when I was ready, when I was, when I had the money, when I could like have a penthouse and like be on Broadway, but yeah. like you can't get there until you get there. Yeah, I know. But I mean, like, I'm kind of hoping maybe if I go this way, eventually I'll get there. <laughs> but like, yeah. I, couldn't right off the bat. I didn't want to, I didn't want to hate New York. So I took some time and I went to, um, right out of college, I, I booked a theater gig at this um, company called shadow box in Columbus, Ohio, which is basically like a cabaret, you know, Saturday night, you know how they do sketches. Yeah. Yeah. They break for commercials, but they have a band that plays. Yeah. That's what this company was. They would just do sketches and then they would like play rock music. Was it a dinner facility or was it just like, food and drinks. It wasn't quite a dinner theater, but you could get like, you know, appetizers and beer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, you know, it just, it wasn't a fun family outing, you know? Yeah. It was pretty adult, but it wasn't, it was, um, because we would do all kinds of themes and, you know, whatever for the cabarets, but eventually they ended up doing musicals like Chicago and, and whatever. But I, by the time they started doing that, I was already on my way out. So I, I only did, I think I did Rocky Horror Picture Show. I got to play Janet, which was so fun. Oh, that's awesome. I finally was, comb- I was being able to do the musical thing with the acting. Um, but I just knew Ohio's not where I want to be. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, you know, nothing wrong with Columbus. Columbus is a really cool part of the, uh, of Ohio, but I just felt this pull. I was like, you know, okay, I'm not ready for New York. Ohio's helping me get on my feet and helping me make some money while I'm figuring it out. What do I do now? So I had a friend, my, one of my best friends, Ellen, she had moved to LA and I hadn't even considered LA because I was on the musical theater Broadway track. Eventually yeah. I would go to New York. I just needed to like, just needed to be the right timing. And so I came out to visit her to just take a break, yeah. right? Um, to just figure out 
get my head on straight. Was that your first time going to LA? Yeah. I didn't know anything about LA. I knew what I saw in magazines and you know, now like now in retrospect, I know what they show you in magazines is Is not what happens. I couldn't tell you how amazed I was when I got here that like, it's so normal in LA, but but magazines make it seem like the Hollywood strip is all there is like, yeah. Leo Drive and the Hollywood strip and the yeah. stuff. Like, that's it. It's like, no, there's so many amazing suburbs and great grocery stores and great parks and people who are just normal. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It happens that we all love acting and singing and dancing and filmmaking. So you're in a sub, I mean, LA is truly like, there's, there's wonderful places over the hill, West Hollywood, Los Feliz. Like there's these great places you can go where it's artsy and vintagey and you can go to Venice and do the roller skating kind of hippie vibe. Like there's a, there's a different place wherever you need to be for whoever you are in LA. And I love that because it's like, come one, come all welcome. We are equal. We are one. Everybody has their spot, their community. But what I really loved was I showed up and on day one, like I showed up at night the next morning, my friend had to go to work and I went to take a walk in and I was, this was sunset Boulevard, in West Hollywood, I went to take a walk to get coffee and it was the pride parade. Wow. Like, look at this welcome party. <laughs> the, the, the literal one or just West the Hollywood? <laughs> okay. They were, I didn't know. I mean, it was just the pride parade. So all these amazing, beautiful people are like putting like beads on me and telling me how beautiful I am and welcome. And I, you you know, you're welcome here. And I just was like, I love LA, (laughs) you know? And then I went to Home Depot randomly. Like my friend had to run an errand. So this is when I start to see like, okay, there's like, you know, regular stores like Home Depot. I don't know what I thought, but I just assumed LA was like high class. They wouldn't have like Target, you know, they would restoration hardware, you know, or something. Yeah. So I go to Home Depot and I use the bathroom and in the bathroom is like an amazingly beautiful bathroom designed beautifully with a picture of Audrey Hepburn in a Home Depot. And I was like, okay. Where am I? I'm in this town that looks similar to where I grew up. And yet it's so much more colorful, so much more full of of multi-ethnic, diverse, lively, like personalities. But also everyone here is obsessed with film like me. Like everyone here loves movies. It is crazy how the whole town, even a Home Depot bathroom, supports the industry. You know what I mean? Like they all pay homage Yes, it really showed me. And I just had never, I didn't know. And so I went back to Ohio and I I basically just told my boss, I'm going to work for a little bit longer. I'm going to save up some money and then I'm going to go, you know? Yeah. Um, and my boyfriend I was with at the time, I'm, I'm no longer with him, but at, at the time- Lose the zero, got with the hero. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> No disrespect, ex-boyfriend, no disrespect. if you're listening. <laughs> no disrespect. He was he was a really lovely man. He starts crying we- while you listen to this. <laughs> I know, I know. Sorry, sorry, man. Um, he, uh, it, it didn't work out. But what was great was he helped me at the time. You know, I I had a partner in crime who was like, I want to go to L.A. too. So we, we went to, L- I, you know, it wasn't just me by myself. Oh, you went to L.A. together? Yeah, I was like, Heavy. hey. Yes. So I was like, wow. you know. 
in the end, in the end, it was something that really I wanted and he tried out and he did the best he could, but he just wasn't interested really in having Kudos a life. Kudos you for life. being able to stick it out because I know yeah, relationships I, ending can be really yeah. tough, you know? You know, we learned a lot from each other, but it was one of those things where he really needed to still be in Ohio in, in the end and I needed to be in LA. Like yeah. it was just based on our careers and we had a very mutual, like, uh, you know, um, breakup and it was, it was fine, but ultimately it got me to LA. It got me settled. It got me situated. And then I really was able to, now that I have, you know, the support of, of this friend and my family and everything that I'm going through, I have my friend that I've moved, you know, I have a couple of, I know like two people in town. I really started to kind of build my nest and started to network and do the career from scratch, Ryan. Like I didn't know what I was doing. I totally get it. But I would started asking around, you know, I, I get a restaurant job because I, I tried Which not- one? Cause I lived in LA. So I, I'm curious. Oh, Hugo's. It's a place called Hugo's in studio city. Oh, There's- I know Hugo's. Yeah, there's one in West Hollywood too. Yeah. Um, but, but the one I worked at was uh, studio. So you were, city. you were living in the Valley. I was living in the Valley. I Beach, wanted to North live- Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to live in West Hollywood just because I remembered my great experience with Pride Parade and all that. Like, I really thought that that would be the place. But I realized once I was here, the Valley is a great place where you can kind of like have the suburban life. And yeah. then if you want to go be vintagey, artsy, party, hang out, you go over the hill, you do that. But yeah. Back home to the valley and go to totally. sleep. Totally. <laughs> and save so three to 500 a month per on rent. <laughs> yeah, totally. Of course. Yeah. That's, um, so I did, I've always been in the Valley. I, I definitely considered like Toluca Lake and West Hollywood. And there's been times I've thought about going over the hill, but I really just love it on, in the Valley because it's a lot, like I said, that has that suburban feel. So it's a lot more like where I was raised in Manassas, which yeah. I really love that vibe of, you know, walking around your neighborhood and waving at your neighbors. And I no, just, I lived in North Hollywood at, at Vine and, uh, I can't even remember, but it was like they had the, it was where the North Hollywood Arts Center was, you know, and that, yeah. that was like the theater place where Deaf yes. West Spring Awakening started. And, you yes. know, it was, yeah, it's such a cool little hub there. There's a, there's a whole strip right there that is just like so uh, actory. All the actors hang out, you know, oh, yeah. pie, like get a slice of pie. And oh, pie. that's the, that's the seediest spot there. I remember that. I made it there one time. I was like, I can never come here again because I was that guy that was on Actors Access. And I was like looking around and everyone's writing script. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm never coming here again. Everyone's working on a character. I mean, yeah. it's, it's beautiful if you're an actor, you know. So I started asking around and I found out about Actors Access, now casting, LA casting. And I found out about, you know, background work, um, the casting network. So I just extras casting. So I started, I just jumped in where I could. So I started Backstage doing Backstage and, and all the self-submission yeah. stuff. Then I, you know, I, I, everyone said you got to be on all the websites, but I only had so much money. So I started with one website and eventually I got on all the websites because you really do in order to, in order to, you just don't know when the next thing is going to come and you have to check them all every day. And I mean, it's 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 such a a grind, you know, you're being your own agent. Yes. You wake up, you get your copy and you sign in and you start submitting yourself. And eventually you learn they want clips of this and clips of that and this kind of headshot. And so it's a really great way to get like in to the the ground floor, onto the ground floor. Um, so I started doing that, and I, you know, just like anything else, you really just kind of keep at it. You 
just really work hard. I would book something here and then, you know, I wouldn't for a little bit and then I'd book something else. There was always a little bit of a win and then a few, a few losses, (laughs) you know? Um, And I was mainly interested in film and indie film. And I still am like, again, a dream of mine would be to be in like a Sundance film. And um, my, my fiance. Like a Brit Marling sort of thing. Um, I don't know that more like um, just, there are so many, of course, now I'm like blanking on like any good indie film, but I, yeah. there are so many good films that you see that, that television is the thing now. And I'm so glad that I'm in television, but I, I also used to go to Blockbuster and look in the oh, indie. Oh God. You know I, miss, I, mean? I, I literally, I miss that experience more than anything in the world. You know, yeah. God, that's, I would. And that's where I found home for the holidays with, with Holly Hunter, you know, directed by Jodie Foster. And it was this indie film that eventually became really popular because it was, it was a holiday film, but it's not as, it's not as popular as other holiday films totally. because it's got the base. And then there's this great film called pieces of April with Katie Holmes that I, I, cause I was a Dawson's. Creek oh, fan I, I, I know young. that one. I, I used to do a piece from that one. Yeah. yeah. I loved pieces. April, I the the boyfriend in the film. That's the that's the role that I did. I'm, that was my audition for Juilliard. <laughs> oh my god, that's yeah, amazing! Yeah. He, that's such a great role, and he came into Hugo's one day, and I flipped out. I was like, "Do you realize I watch Pieces of April every year at Thanksgiving? Like that's my Thanksgiving film." No way. So I just love a good indie that just really like cuts right to the heart and talks yeah. about the thing that we have you know, we don't normally talk about and is just, I love truthful, like vulnerable storytelling. And I just feel like you can find that a lot more in indie films. So I was, that's what I was pursuing. And um, and as you were getting these things, you know, was the gigantic elephant of representation g- coming down your throat or were you like, let me get some things, then I'll worry about that. Yeah. You know, I was always, I will say for me, I was always interested in the Bill Murray story, which is the fact that he didn't have representation. Oh, and still doesn't. I thought that was so badass because he was like, I just don't, I don't need it. I can handle it myself. Now, look, not everyone's Bill Murray and not everyone can do that. No, but it's a great mindset. I think you're on to something. Yeah. but, you know, I'm not going to worry about this. I certainly tried. I certainly submitted for things, but, but I didn't just, there were definitely agencies that, that, were willing to work with me early on that I was like, no, because you get that vibe that they're just in it for the money and they're not really in it for you. And they're, you know, not all agents are like that, but they're definitely, especially the ground floor ones. That well, know particularly that in LA, there's a lot of, of, you sure. know, people ripping off actors. It's, it can right. be really there's awful. Sticky, you know, personalities out yeah. there. So I think it's really important that when you're new to the, industry, you still understand your worth. Like you don't just jump because they say jump. You still have to recognize your value. And I think early on when I had the opportunity to work with an agent or two that I didn't get the right vibe with, I didn't just jump at it. I was like, okay, you know what? You work for me as much as I work for you. And I'm feeling it. So it wasn't until I actually got approached by um, Shane and Candy Freeman who were trying to find their own, they were trying to build their own management and they were looking for talent. And so they found my website because my ex-boyfriend at the time, uh, my boyfriend at the time, he um, was a web designer. So he helped me build a website. Oh, now I I feel bad for trashing him. (laughs) It's okay. Um, But at the time he really helped me kind of build that website. So 
I was able to be more accessible, which was a big deal. You know, now we don't even need websites anymore because you have things like Instagram and social media. Yeah, it's crazy how much that's changed. Having a website was a big deal and having like a package with a reel and the manila envelopes. The square space layout. Yeah. Yes. You had to have business cards. I mean, it was all paper products that you had to have so that you'd be on the ready. I remember taking business cards with me to my restaurant because- uh, you know, you never knew that you might, some, somebody you wait on might be like, Hey, you want to come? And I've had that happen. Not, not often, but every once in a while, you'd have someone who legitimately, cause you know, they all work in this town legitimately was like, you, you're perfect for this role. You should come in. And, and I did, and you know, I didn't get it or whatever, but it was still always really great to have those things ready to go. Like, yeah, I'm prepared, yeah. but you had to have all of it in your car, in your backpack, whatever on you at all times, because you never knew what was going to happen or who you were going to run into in this town. So it just felt like you were always on and it could be really exhausting at times, which is why mental health was a really key ingredient to my uh, career as well. Like going to therapy and um, working through some of my own insecurities and doubts and fears, because I, I feel like honestly, more than acting class, everyone should be in therapy, especially as an actor. Totally. I'm five years sober coming up. And so I, yeah, I, I would never have happened without therapy. Good for you, man. Yeah. Really good for you. It's true. It's it's this thing where where you need to understand who you are in order to be able to play other someone people. else. Totally. Yeah. And you think that you can, you know, if you do the reverse and you're like, well, I don't need to know who I am. I can just get lost in this character. Then you will get lost and and you will kind of forget who you are. And it's really easy to do that. It's one or the other in this Particularly town. Particularly in LA, you know. Yeah, that's, it's yeah. really easy to get lost. So I think it's important that you have people along the way reminding you who you are, that you have a therapist along the way reminding you who you are, that you have friends in your life that you trust, keeping a trust circle around you. And um, so I I pursued the representation, but loosely. And then I had someone approach me, which was really cool. And eventually they introduced me. I, I did uh, an ABC diversity showcase. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Did, that did was LA cool. one? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. In LA in 2010 and they ultimately those showcases you know cbs does one too like there's a couple different networks that yeah. do that. and i think nbc's now in the game as well yeah, yeah it's just a really great opportunity to be seen you yeah. know to have a monologue or two in front of an audience of people in the industry Maggie just- markle was abc oh man i didn't know that yeah yeah oh yeah i i, I read for the abc casting director here and all the picture Ryan, reader is so good. Anybody out there who's listening, if you've never been a reader, you will learn so much about acting by being Uh, a reader. And they have all the photos and there's Meghan Markle, you know, like I think it was 2010 actually. (laughs) I mean, she and I weren't in the same thing. Well, the LA and the New York ones are separate. Oh, oh, no, she in New York. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. that's wild, Ryan. I know. It's so nuts. <laughs> well, um, ultimately we, um, we, I, I did this showcase and I met my manager, Zach James, and he, I've said this before to other people, it takes just one person to yeah. believe in you. Just one who really truly sees 
who you are and what you have to offer. And Zach saw beyond the monologue I did. He saw me. He saw me for what I was worth. He saw what I was capable of. And he gave me a real shot. And we had a little bit of bumps in the roads with his agency. He ended up leaving his agency and going somewhere else. But Oh, he was an agent turned manager? Yes. We stayed in touch through that time. And there were some lulls, of course. That's the thing about this business. You're going to have lulls where you're not working and you need to remember that that's a part of the career. That's just as much a part of the career as anything else. During those lulls, do things that inspire you, like learn a new craft, like do things that you can put on your resume as a new skill because you're going to have work again. There's always going to be work again. It's just that there will be lulls. And it took me a long time to realize there was a pattern of lulls. Yeah. It would happen around tax season too. So I was like, oh, that's, oh, interesting. that's interesting. I'm in a lull right now. So right, right. yeah. Yeah. Me too. Like I know yeah. the show's on, but I actually haven't, I haven't booked anything new yeah. in, since the show really. So it's been a minute and it's well, still at least it gives the illusion of, of working, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, like yeah. It's nice to be on TV and I'm not complaining, but yeah, it's definitely something where there's still lulls. Even once you get to a series regular, you actually have a little bit more limited options. Um, no, you know, again, no, you're not doing co-star guest stars anymore. Right. You know, so right. You can only, maybe you could do a limited series or you could do a a guest star for one episode, you know, it just depends. Or a film film is really great at that time while you're in the interim, but there's not films going on right now. They usually happen more in the summer and the fall. Yeah. And we're still kind of getting out of this weird. And in the pandemic. So again, I'm doing just fine. No complaints here, but um, it's definitely something that I, I realized, you know, once I found my manager and he found me and we really stuck with each other, you know, we've been together over 10 years and there's a loyalty there that uh, we will always have for one another. And we respect each other. It's completely professional. It's so uh, such a lovely friendship. And I just feel like it's so easy to um, be manipulated at times in this business and in the industry by people who want to uh, build you up and then tear you down. Yeah. And- was never that for me. He always wanted to just build me up and build me up and build me up. And so it was a huge win when we uh, booked leftovers together. And when so that was your first, was that a co-star or guest star? That was a get. That's technically a guest star. Which oh, is, look at you! I, I you went never, to the five and over. You know? Yeah, yeah, I had never done TV before. Never done TV, and um. And that was the first thing I booked, but you know, it was, it was shot and written a lot like a film. So it was really kind of perfect for me to kind of transition into television totally, because I was able to, um, you know, uh, just kind of play it out like a, like a little short film. And that's when you, if you saw the opening of season two of leftovers, you see that it's kind of this separate thing from the rest of the show, but it's a metaphor for what's going on in the world and that it's been happening since the dawn of man and, um, and, uh, or woman (laughs) as it were. Totally. Um, and it was this incredible opportunity to work for HBO, to work with Damon Lindelof. Like I, I learned so much by being on that set and, Um, and the biggest thing I learned was that like, even when you book something big, just enjoy it because you think that that's going to be the domino effect. You think that's, this is it. This is the one now I'm going to, and I didn't book anything again for like a year and a half. So it was like, still, still at Hugo's. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I worked at 
this all through Once Upon a Time. I remember having a couple of uh, fans from the show come in and they were really confused yeah. because they told the waiter, they were like, is that Tiger Lily waiting tables? No way. They, yeah. they had a real like dose of reality in that moment. It was like, just because you see me on TV doesn't mean I still don't have to pay my bill. Yeah, I know. I was working my waitressing job all the way up until October of 20, what year is it? 2019, right before we started filming season one. Wow. I worked through the pilot. Because oh, the wow. Pilot, so you guys shot almost a year and a half ago. Wow, I didn't realize that. We shot, we started, uh, I booked the show in 2018, and then we- um, Oh, so it was a long development period. Yeah, 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 super wow. long. Um, and we, we did the pilot in, in like September, October, 2018. Then we didn't get picked up until February of 2019. Then we didn't shoot until November of 2019. And we shot from November until March 13th. And then everything shut down. Literally two, two days from now, a year ago to to the day. Wow. Two weeks before we were Did you finish it? Well, we had to stop production. Nobody knew what was going on. Everybody that was American had to go back to America. We had to just everything on hold. And then I'd say, what was it? April, May, June, July, August, five months later, five months later, we finally got the green light by our network that we were safe enough to finish. So we went back, we had to isolate for two weeks. We had to be on set with each other, social distanced with masks and you know the shields um our crew wasn't allowed to be with us you know which is so sad because that's a big part of the camaraderie on set and like they're not allowed to even be near us anymore yeah it was really scary but we finished we are so grateful to uh amblin and sci-fi to nbcu for like helping us finish yeah so that we could finally finish post-production and air on January 27th. It was a very long journey. And we, we got to, um, we got to premiere this year and uh, Meredith Gerritsen, who plays Kate in the show, she's one of my best friends. And I met her at JMU and she, did you get her the job? Oh no, no, no. She got the job herself. Oh, it's just, that's amazing. She got the job herself, but what's crazy is we met in acting school in JMU and we always said, you know, cause she went to New York and I went to LA. We went completely different directions. That's and we amazing. One day we're going to be on a show together. That gives and me so much hope. Thank so you. For yeah. I know. It's wild. So, um, she was with me on premiere night. She's actually, we, we, we've done every, um, we're in a pod together now, her husband and my fiance, the four of us. Oh, meet. so she, she moved to LA. Yeah. She's in oh. LA. She's actually in San Diego at the moment. She kind of goes back and forth between San Diego and LA, but, um, she's here with me almost every episode. You know, we, we do our best to sit and hold hands and watch it together. Cause it's so wild. Yeah. We've you, we're, you're only six episodes in, right? We're Me. seven episodes in now. Seven. Okay. So we have three left and then it's done. This whole journey we've gone on for two and a half years. Which is rare to have a show that airs per week. You know, that's yeah. it's weird that that's such a really special. It's yeah. really because no one does that anymore. And I think it's been really nice to not just immediately binge it. Although well, there are plenty of people who will binge it once it's, you know, going to be on Peacock and other um, uh, apps and things, I'm sure. And we're waiting now just to hear about, about a season. We haven't, we haven't gotten word yet, but we'll you're see. You're going to get it. Thank you. I yeah. hope so. 
We talked uh, a lot about my history and less about the show. I hope that's okay. <laughs> no, that's totally okay. It, it's about you. Oh, well, it's been, I will say, as far as your, um, the name of your show is concerned, uh, there were plenty of times I despaired, but I had one, one um, friend recently who told me, um, you know, October 2015 was the year that was the worst year of my life. It was yeah. just a really hard time. I had a lot of despair. I definitely have dealt with anxiety and depression, and that was my lowest year. And October 2015 um, was the same year that this role was being written. Wow. So anyone out there who is sad, nervous, worried it'll never happen, just know that in your darkest hour, your answers are on their way to you. That's amazing. That, that was literally my next question. That's crazy that you weren't sync here. I love this. That's amazing. So beautiful. And then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious, you know, cause we've spoken a lot about it. What advice would you have for, you know, the young Sarah's out there that, you know, maybe jump to LA or, or go to New York, you know, and are starting from square one page one, you know, yeah. any words of wisdom for them? Yeah. My advice is, you make your own way. You, you are not going to do yourself any service by comparing your journey to someone else's. Ain't that the truth? Oh, man. Yeah. Just know that your answers are on their way to you. The only thing that you have to do is don't give up. Yeah. Everything else will play out the way it's supposed to as long as you don't give up. Yeah. And if you stay in it, if you sit down at that poker table and you are, you deal with the hands you're dealt, sometimes you're going to win. Sometimes you're going to sit, sometimes you're going to lose. But yeah. as long as you don't walk away and as long as you're willing to play the game, you will eventually win big. Yeah. And then you'll eventually start inviting other people to the table. And eventually you'll be hosting the game, yeah. but, but you just have to stick with it. And yeah. just remember that mental health is such an important part of this journey. So if you're in a position right now where you are feeling less than because you haven't gotten a booking, let me tell you something. The booking's not going to change how you feel. Yeah. So work on what's going on inside so that you can be better on the outside. So and beautiful, I, Sarah. Thank even you yourself. I believe in you. Yeah. I'm yeah. so glad to have been able to be here with you, Ryan. Yeah. It means so much. What's the best way if, if you want them to, you know, Instagram or whatever for people to stay in touch with you? Yeah, I do. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Um, so you're welcome to follow me there. Um, I don't have direct message, you know, thing going on, but obviously if anyone is interested or has a question, they can certainly reach out to you. If yeah. You have and then, then you can reach out to my PR person and I'm happy to answer any questions people have once they listen to the podcast. Amazing. Sarah Tomko, thank you so much for this. This was so beautiful. Congratulations. Season two is coming. I know it. And I'm so proud of you. And, and sometime, <laughs> you know, when I make it to LA, when this is all over, let's grab a cup of coffee and, and giddy over, you know, the Virginia thing. It's so rad. Oh, it's, wow. you, it's so cool that you're from Richmond. I think yeah. that's that's awesome. I look forward to seeing you again in this lifetime on the proverbial block. Well, we will see you on episode two when it's either season two or you book a musical. Hey, there yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah Tomko. Um, yeah. Combine the world. Yeah, totally. You know, the next La La Land, it's going to you. Oh man. Yes, please. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love your energy. Thank you so much. And I hope you have an amazing week. Okay. 
Thanks, Ryan. You All too. right. So much love. Bye. If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.